happy, happy new year, church. I'm glad you're here. I hope, and it's my prayer, that we all have a more incredible, a more God-helped, a more God-assisted 2018 than whatever we experienced in 2017. And maybe your 2017 was extraordinary and the best year yet. Well, I, I pray that 2018 is, is even better, that it's more it's more God-helped, more God-assisted, more incredible than, than the year before. That, uh, that, that the favor of God, that the favor of God would be so obvious in our church, so obvious on your life, on all of our lives, that the favor of God would be so obvious that we would look back at the, the end of 2018 and marvel. That we would marvel at, at what God has done with us and, and in us and through us. That we would praise God at the beginning of, of next year saying, Wow, look at what God has done uh, in my life. I, bl being blown away by the goodness and breakthrough and, and favor of God. Personally, I'm desperate for more. I'm always desperate for more. I want more uh, of God's work uh, in me, through me, around me, whatever, for me. I want God's work uh, in my life constantly and all the time. And I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for what God has done in this last year. We have a lot to be praising God about. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we are praising God about and the things that he's accomplished in this, in this last year as we prepare for, for our week of fasting and as we talk about seeking God for the, for the next year. But when it comes to this year, I, I want to see more. I want to see God, more of God's favor. Uh, for me and, and for all of us. And so today, we're going to be talking about setting up your year to enjoy more favor, more help from God in the year ahead. Now, and I've entitled this message, um, The Big God Rocks. The Big God Rocks for a Big Year. And I've subtitled it, uh, okay, I'm telling you, The Big God Rocks for a Big God Year. And that goes back to that well overused, well, well aware of analogy where you've got a jug or a vase or a vase, wherever you're from, and, and, and you're supposed to put in it big rocks and small rocks and sand. And if you put the sand in first, the big rocks won't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first, then everything fits and we're all having fun. So that, that's, that's the well-used analogy that I'm, I'm sure that you're all aware of. So I titled this message, I was thinking about it, The Big God Rocks uh, for, for a Big Year. And then I subtitled it this. But everybody loves the sand first. Everybody loves, I mean, who doesn't love playing in the sand, sand castles, soaking up the sand on the beach, sandpaper, no, not sandpaper, but, but, but the rest of it, like, everybody loves, loves sand, uh, and, and sand's fun, it's great, and it has a wonderful place in our lives, to, but today we're talking about making sure that we get the big God rocks in our lives first and that they're in that that place first Jesus talks about sand and rocks and he talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 in, in in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus has talked about a lot of different things He's talked about, you know, don't murder people. Oh, yeah, and don't be angry He's talking about don't have don't commit adultery and don't lust and he's talking about giving and prayer and basically chapters No, not basically Yes, chapters 5, 6, and 7 are this huge sermon of Jesus. He's talking about different things and how to live in God's ways. Well, he ends the Sermon on the Mount with this thing about rocks and sand. And this is what we read at the very, very end of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He says in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7, he says, Therefore, 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them, does not act on them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed, and its collapse was great. Now, when you read this passage and you're, and you're, you're looking at this, this, this imagery here of rocks and you're, you're thinking, great, okay, I get it. I need to build my, ha- my life upon the rock. Jesus, right? In fact, when I grew up, um, we had this kid song that we used to sing and it'd be, build your house upon the rock. And we'd all yell out, Jesus! Now, I know, I know that, uh, I hope that they've updated and there's new kid songs now for, for your generation. But from, from, from my generation, we'd sing this out and we'd yell out, build your house upon the rock, Jesus. All. Technically, I mean, that's great and that's good and that's wonderful and all, and yes, but that's not actually what Jesus was teaching there. See, he had just gone through and had been teaching all these commands and directions and guidance and all this. Technically, what Jesus is saying is, build your life on walking in my ways, on doing what I've commanded you to do, on, on, on living how I want you to live, on living with my priorities. Technically, it's about living with the priorities of God. So if you're taking notes, living, with, living your life on the rocks, no. Living your life on the rock is living with God's priorities first. God's priorities first. Jesus doesn't say, okay, there's no sand in your life. He, but he just said, you know, build your life on the rocks, and then, then we'll go from there. Why? Because life has storms. And I know many of us have had a storm-filled 2017. Where, where maybe you just got pounded by the storm of life, pounded by whatever storm you're situation. Everybody, godly people, uh, you can be close to God, godly people go through seasons of storms in their lives. Ungodly people go through seasons of storms in your life. Seasons where th- just life is pounding and pounding against you. And, and some will stand strong. In 2018, some, we're going to have some storms. There's going to be some storms in, in some of our lives this year. And, and some are going to stand strong because their lives are firmly anchored on the rock. They've got the big rock piece right. But some in our church are going to collapse, are going to collapse if they don't get the big pieces right, the right things right. We're going to talk about, again, these big rocks and, and, and the, why we build our life on the rock. Well, first of all, because storms come. Storms come. But, but another reason, and maybe even the driving reason for this message, is because of this word traction. Traction. When I first started thinking and praying about what, what I'm going to teach about this week, it was several weeks ago, that was the first word that came to me, traction. Gaining momentum with the favor of God. And the driving question that I was working through as I started praying through and and mapping out where we're going to go with this today is how do you gain traction so that you can live this year with more favor and blessing from God? 
How do we gain traction this year under the favor and blessing of God? Well, the way you get traction, the way you get favor is by getting the big God rocks right in your life first. Build your life solidly on the rock. Now, you might be thinking, I'm going to talk all about Matthew chapter 7, um, and that would be appropriate, but actually our main passage today is going to come from an obscure Old Testament book. And it's going to come from this, the first chapter of a two-chapter book at the very end of the Old Testament, the book of Haggai. It, this chapter, you might think this is a weird chapter. No, I have lived my life on this chapter. I have made so many decisions in my life about my own priorities from this chapter than, than, uh, than chapter 2 of Haggai. I don't know. I, I, I kind of lost what to say there. But that idea of uh, it's a very significant chapter in my life. If you have your Bibles, you can look at Haggai chapter 1. Otherwise, the words are going to be on the screen. Um, this is how it begins. It says this, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Okay, context, we know it's very clear. The first day of the sixth month, the second year of King Darius. So we know that this is the 29th of August, 520 B.C., we know the exact day that, that this takes place. It's one of those, it's one of those things. It's very clear here. Uh, 29th of August, 520 BC. This is years after God's temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And then now Babylon has been destroyed and, and some of God's people have re returned. They've been allowed to return. Some of them have returned. And when they returned, they, they were starting to, they had all these hopes and excitement. They returned back and they were celebrating, but it didn't go as they hoped. And Haggai is addressing this as he continues. And he says this. He says, The Lord of hosts says this. These people say, The time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, the Lord of hosts says this. Think carefully about your ways. Like, think about your life. Think about how it's going. Think carefully about your ways. This is what's happened to you. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but you never have enough to become drunk. Praise God. You put, you put on clothes, Praise God. But never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of hosts says this. Think carefully about your ways. Think about what's happening to you. Think about what's going on in your life. Think carefully about what's going on. Go up into the hills and bring down lumber and build the house. That's the house of the Lord. Then I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much. But then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. Because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. So on your account, the skies have withheld dew and the land its crops. I've summoned a drought on the fields and the hills, on the grain, new wine, olive oil, and whatever the ground yields on man and beast and on all that your hand produces. Then... Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the high priest uh, Jehozadak, or Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the entire remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord 
their God and the words of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. So the people feared the Lord, which means they did what he said. That's, that's what it is to fear the Lord, to take his words seriously and to, to, uh, to respond with that, yes, I, you, your ways, not my ways. So basically, what God is saying here is think about your life. Think carefully about your ways. It's twice in there. Think carefully about your ways. Think carefully what, what's going on with your life. These people were hoping to thrive. They were hoping to, to be blessed and enjoy the favor of God. They were hoping to see life come together. They're finally back in, in where they wanted to be. And, but instead of thriving, they're frustrated. They're frustrated. Life wasn't going how they wanted it to go. So to our notes here, adding to think carefully about your ways, this question of frustrated or favor. That's what's hanging over this chapter. Living frustrated or living with the favor of God. And God is like, think about your life. Are you thriving with my favor and blessing or are you frustrated? And in their case, the facts were they're not thriving. They were making money, but it wasn't getting them anywhere. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't building up financially. It felt like they were spinning their wheels financially. They were working hard. They were working hard, but it wasn't producing the results that it ought to have produced. They were working hard, but weren't seeing the, the results that they had hoped or expected. They had, they had zero traction, and they were trying and trying to get things established and reestablished in the land. They just had zero traction. God here is actively limiting their success. God's actively limiting their success. Actively limiting, actively frustrating their success. When our priorities are out of step with God's priorities, this can happen. When, when God, God does this, when we focus on ourselves first, to get ourselves sorted first, and then deal with the God stuff later, the important God stuff. We'll get to it. We'll get to it, but we'll get to it later. God has been frustrating his people for thousands of years over this, this issue. Those who have been focusing on their own selves first, and then putting them second, or at least I'm going to get myself sorted, and then I'm going to just pour myself into the God stuff. I'm going to get my career sorted, and then I'm going to pour it in. I'm going to get my life sorted, and then maybe after that, my plan is after that to get, to, to get the God stuff going. God frustrates and he limits the success of the people so they don't get there they don't get there and he causes their money and he causes things to just not develop traction moving to glasgow i, I took this chapter very seriously so it's about 15 years ago now uh, moved to glasgow and it was my aim to get god's home established in a place before i got my home established in a place so if the church was renting, we were renting, we, cho we chose, and we didn't have an opportunity to purchase a place until after God's place was purchased. And, and we had a home for the church. And, and, and God saw, even from the beginning, his heart that we weren't intending to save up for this down payment or whatever. Instead, we were giving generously to church to help get the church established, especially in those early years before pretty much any of you were here, and, and, and just trying to bring this church uh, together financially. And God ended up honoring that commitment, putting him and his home first before establishing our own. In, in this passage, the reason God is frustrating their success has nothing to do with sin, as we think of sin. 
It has nothing to do with them worshiping Baal or, or any of those other idols. They're not worshiping false gods. They're not morally out of control. It doesn't talk about them being morally wild. It's not a sin issue like that. It's, it's a priority issue. It's just a priority issue. But priority issues are big deals when you're thinking about living under the favor of God versus the frustration of God. These people have put off focusing on the big God rocks until it works better for them. Until they're ready. Until their priorities and values are sorted first. And you know what? It just doesn't work out for them because they're living frustrated by God. God's frustrating their efforts. Now, I want us to thrive this year. I want us to thrive under the favor of God. I want us to thrive under the blessing, the help, the favor, the, the answered prayers, the breakthrough of God this year. And the key to doing that is to make sure we have those big God rock pieces right in, in our life first. Now, some of you might be financially frustrated. Maybe, maybe you're, you're in debt and, and it's time to work yourself out of that. Maybe you're not in debt, but you're watching your finances and, and they're not going well. Or maybe you're looking at your career or your studies and, and you're working hard maybe with your job and your career, but it's just not going like it ought to be going or like you anticipated it going and you, you're, feeling, you're feeling frustrated. It's not going as you once hope, hoped. Maybe, question mark, question mark, question mark, maybe not knowing your exact situation, maybe one possibility is maybe it's connected to this. Again, you can ask God about your specific situation yourself, but maybe like these people in the book of Haggai, you focused on you with this idea, I'll get to God soon, but I'm just going to get this Focus in my life. I'm going to get my how, how flat, my, my car, my, my, my whatever. My, I'm going to get my lifestyle. My, I'm going to pay off my holiday. I'm going to go on a holiday. I'm going to, get, I'm going to eat out. I'm going to, and I'm going to, I have all this other stuff that I'm going to focus on first. And so God's house ends up, uh, has ended up as a lower priority for you. Now, this message isn't about giving, but offerings and giving are one of the big God rocks seen all through the Bible, cover to cover in the Bible. Not just, giving, not just giving to God, but giving to God's house, whether it was the temple or the synagogue or the church, the apostles. Here's a fun fact for you about our church and giving. It's not, it's not really a fun fact, but it, a, a fact. We have a norm, our normal attendance, I don't know what it is. Our normal attendance is somewhere in the 400s, maybe mid-400s. That includes kids and, and everybody. Kids are people, too. Uh, we believe in kids. Uh, so we have about, about 400 between the two services, kids included. And not including, not including elders, not including staff and directors, not including those who work at the church here, 24 members, 24 members, give somewhere close to 10% of their income. That's it, 24 members. Give somewhere close to 10% of their income to the church here, to God's house here. 16 non-members give somewhere close to 10% out of hundreds of people. That's all the people that are somewhere in the ballpark of, of giving 10% to God's house here. 
Now, I don't know what's going on, but it wouldn't surprise me, just looking at this and kind of thinking about how God often works, it wouldn't be surprised me if there are some people who are frustrated, who are frustrated, who are feeling like their finances aren't gaining traction, their careers aren't what they once hoped to be. Some, some people that God may be wanting to look again at the book of Haggai chapter 1 and consider your ways, consider what's going on in your life, consider how your life is unfolding. Is it unfolding with the favor of God or the frustration of God? Again, I, I have no idea why, why so few people give 10% of their offerings to the church here, to God's house here. To, I mean, if not you guys, who, 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 who's going to be giving? The people who enjoy the worship here, enjoy the, the teaching here. I mean, I love the teaching. Uh, enjoy the hospitality, enjoy the kids' ministry. I mean, Crooksy just does a great job with, it, with the kids here and the family stuff, the church. There's, there's so much good stuff going on, and yet so few people actually give very much uh, to the church. If you, if you guys aren't giving, who is going to? And I believe we have seen amazing fruitfulness as a church, but we've been severely, severely limited, shockingly limited by our, our financial situation. And, and why is that? I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about why that is. It just doesn't make sense to me because we do a good job here. But then I think that's probably, it's probably a perception issue. Because we do things great here. We, we do things great. We love to do that. We love to have great hospitality. We want to welcome people well, lavishly, and not charge people for coffee. We want to just bring people in and love people well. We want the room to look great, and, and it, looks, it looks so great. Like, do you see Christmas around here? It looked amazing, uh, but, you know, we're not spending as much money as it looked. We got paper chains in the window. I mean, is this not... Uh, my wife cut the paper chains with scissors while watching TV. It's not like... It's not like we're spending heaps of money on on the decoration we we had red ribbon from costco you know it's it, it, it didn't co it's not like we're spending lots lots of money but we we have this value of of things looking really great but when people are here they look at the church and like no need no need i want to give maybe my money where where it's needed it's not needed here but that's so wrong that's so wrong we have cut back every single budget category to a bare minimum. We've downsized our staff this year. We have continued to downsize staff hours. We've reduced our budget by thousands of, of pounds a month. And we need to do more cutting back because our bank balance continued, continued to drop all autumn. It dropped to 20,000 pounds in three months. In the autumn, or about just nearly 20,000 pounds in, in, in uh, three months this autumn. I've never seen the church in such a shocking financial state place. We've, we've cut back. We're committed to being good stewards of whatever's coming in. We're, we're going to live on what God's provided. I just want to make sure you are paying attention to your financial situations and that you're getting the big God rocks in your life right. I, I'm, I'm happy to, to navigate our financial challenges, whatever they may be. But I believe God's brought you here. And I believe he's brought you here because he's got amazing things to do in your life and amazing things to do through your life. One of the things is serving. One of the things is in Bible read-through groups. One of the things is just, just the teaching and the worship. He's going to be doing great things in your life. But also God has you here to resource his work here, his vision here, his his uh, mission here. Now, I don't like talking about money here at the church because I don't want people to give because there's a need. I want them to give because God is so clear in his word. 
about generosity, about giving, about, about um, giving to the church, and, and, and for, for all those reasons, he's so clear on, on that. And we've talked about this before, how 10% in the Bible is the most minimum of all we can find in the Bible. It's the minimum of minimums of minimums that we can find in the Bible when it comes to giving and worshiping God in an effective way. In the, in the New Testament, in Acts, you have people, you know, selling their properties and bringing 100% to the apostles, code word church leaders, uh, for them to distribute. And, and the, the resources were abundant and the fruit was abundant and thousands were coming to Christ. Our generation struggles with even like 10%, even getting to 10%. So I, I just, just say, maybe some people need to relook at Haggai. Maybe you need to look at Malachi again. God frustrates people who focus on themselves first with their finances, getting their own homes, living in paneled houses, it said, before focusing on God. Now, it may seem counterintuitive, but if you're in debt, it's time to start working on getting out of that this year, and where do you start? By bringing your full offering. And seeking the favor of God. You're like, Brian, but that doesn't make any sense. I know, but that's how Jesus' things work. They, they, they work this way because with the favor of God, 90% is far more than 100%. With the favor of God, 90% is far more than 100%. That's true with money. That's true with time. That's true with time. That's true with everything. You honor God with your finances. You honor God with your time. You, you move away from the, fr the frustrations of, like in Haggai, having, harvesting little, not having enough to get warm, wages that, but no traction into a bag with a hole in it. You move away from that and towards God's favor and, and blessing. And we ask ourselves, what do we really believe? Do we really believe that God's favor shines on those who put him first. That put him first with their money, with their time. I absolutely, I absolutely do. In my, I have so many examples of this in my life. Um, an example pertaining to time. I've said this a thousand times. In August 2012, I was challenged and changed. Uh, Jesus talked to me about giving him one hour every day. And, and it was at the, this very inconvenient time at the beginning of the day. And he asked me to give him an hour for prayer. And I'm like, God, Jesus, I don't have, I can barely get, I can't even get all that I need to get done done. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm feeling weighed down and pressured like there's too much already. And now you want an hour out of every day for, for more prayer. It's not that I wasn't praying, but this, this God, I, I, what you're asking, I don't have, I can't, I'm going to have to change everything. I'm going to have to change my schedule. I'm going to have to change, I'm gonna, I, I don't have this to give. But, you know, it's Jesus. So I did, and I, and I made the changes, believing that God can do more with less time than I can do with all the time. And it's, it's proven to be true. I, it proves to be true every Friday. Friday, message writing day. Uh, I know that you, you come here and you're like, oh, Brian, it's so easy for you. You just stand up there and smile and talk and 
oh, it's so, it's so easy, so easy. No, it, it's, it's a bit of a challenging thing. And, and message writing on, on Fridays, you know, I wake up, and, and I might be stressed. Sometimes I'm stressed about, oh, man, I don't know how this is going to come together. The passage seems challenging this week. I don't, I don't know exactly what God's message is for today. And one of the temptations on, on most Friday mornings is to skip the prayer time where I pray, and it's not connected to the message. It's just me and Jesus time. And, and just to jump towards the study And sometimes I'll, I'll be like Well if I just If I study now And then I get the message written Then I'll have all this extra time at the end Stress free time at the end Where I can pray even more But no that's, that's not how it works And part of faith Is saying no before I open the Bible to study I'm going to spend that hour That Jesus has asked me With him not connected to the message and then in faith i'm going to trust that jesus can do more when i don't even think i have enough for that, that i need more than today it's, it's part of faith it's part of faith and it proves true time and time again that's how it works you give your first to god he honors it he honors it now i have people say to me uh, about lots of things but maybe money specifically brian if i give 10 percent to the church that's going to put me into debt no no, no. See, your first 10% doesn't put you into debt. Your first 10% doesn't put you into debt at all. If you think of giving as your last 10%, well then yeah, that, that could put you into debt. But your first 10% doesn't put you into debt. It's all the other choices that you've made about the rest of the monies that is gonna, gonna make that determination. The holidays you go on, the, the super awesome phone bills, or the rent, the mortgage, eating out, traveling, money shopping, the new clothes, the car payment. I, I, I'm not opposed to any of those things as long as they're within the amount that God's provided for you. But yeah, 10%, giving your first 10% doesn't put you into debt. Uh, okay, and I think I also want to say, we're talking about giving, uh, but the God rocks piece is more than just giving. Giving is one of the God rocks piece, but the second piece has to do with your commitment to live within the amount of money that God's provided to you, whether it be much or little. And adjusting. We do that with the church. We do that with our lives. Adjusting to live within the amount that God has provided. Both of those are connected to seeing God's favor flow in your life. Honoring God in the area of finances. Yet the big rocks right in your life this year. Watch God do way more with less. Because living under the favor of God is extremely difficult, or extremely different than, extremely different than living under the frustration of God. And he gives favor to those who put his priorities first. Rocks before sand. Now, we're talking about a counterintuitive faith. A counterintuitive faith, faith that believes under pressure, under pressure, under stress, getting the right big God rocks right, li and living under the favor of God, uh, that, that that's really important. It's really important. And when I think about this, I think of King Saul in the Bible, of 1 Samuel chapter 13. In, in 1 Samuel 13, Saul is there and he is under extreme pressure. The Philistines are invading and dominating and God's people are fleeing. They're, they're fleeing, they're leaving the land. They're going across the Jordan River. They're hiding in cisterns and rocks and caves and, and, they're, they're, and they're just hiding and fleeing and disappearing. The army is terrified and they're, they're kind of drifting away and Saul is there he's afraid and he's feeling pressure and they know that they need God's help because they're not going to be able to do this on their own without God and they know that they need to have God's favor 
And so he's going to bring this sacrifice. And, he, and Samuel is going to come. Samuel's a great prophet and, and priest. He's going to come and deliver the sacrifice. And so they're waiting for him, and people are freaking out day one. Day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven. Samuel's supposed to come by now, and, and everybody's freaking out, and the, the army is, is freaking out. They're losing confidence. And, and so Saul's like, oh, no, I have got to do something so that we can have the favor of God. And, and he's feeling that stress and the pressure. I need God's favor, and so I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I've waited as long as I can wait, but now my limits have been reached. I think we know what that feels like. And I need to do something. I waited, but now I need to do something. And so he offers the sacrifice himself. And he may have won the war, won that day, that battle that day, but he lost the, the dynasty kingship. He, he lost in the end. He lost the favor of God. He lost the favor of God even though he had victory on, on that, that day. Sometimes when you take matters into your own hands because you're freaked out and you're stressed out, you do find yourself successful on that day. But if you don't do things God's way and with God's priorities, you might get today's victories, but at the cost of tomorrow's favor. And that's way too much of a cost. Saul needed to believe that even if everyone deserted him, it was better to have the favor of God than the forces of Israel. And we need to believe this too. It's better to have the favor of God than more finances. It's better to have the favor of God than more time. It's better to have the favor of God than, than more help from people. And just like Saul, what you really believe comes out when you're stressed, when you're feeling the crunch, when you're feeling like you're not going to make it. it. That's where you show what you really believe. As life's pressures piled up, it's, I'm going to say something that's not true, but I'm going to pretend it's true. It's easy to give 10% when you have plenty. It, you know, in theory, it doesn't work out that way. It's, it's every, the enemy's full of lies and why, why it's not appropriate for you to give. But there, there's that. Uh, it's easy to get, spend an hour in prayer when you've got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> right? We all know that. Uh, so easy. Netflix never bothers us at all. Uh, I, it's, it's so easy to, to, to read God's word and spend time with him. You know, when, we have, when, when we're not running around, when, uh, uh, just stressed to the max. I mean, in theory. But friends, you know, God's real, right? God's real, and he really does help and honor those who... who uh, who get the big God rocks first in their lives. What, big God rocks, they include things like, the, big God rocks include prayer, Bible reading, giving, caring for the people God's brought in your life, serving, serving God's people, serving the church. And, and as we start this year, it's time to assess how are, are we set up for a year of God's favor or are there some of these things like prayer or Bible or giving or caring or serving? Are some of them doing good and, or some of them kind of low? I mean, you, you might have some of them really strong in your life and some of them sort of weak. How are we doing in getting all these kind of God rocks? And, and I want to encourage you as we assess this year, as we look ahead, that tiny changes in the right direction can have a massive impact. Tiny changes in the right direction can have a massive impact. Scientifically, this is called the butterfly effect. 
Where does that come from? Well, in 1960, an MIT um, meteorologist named Edward Lawrence made an accidental discovery when he was working on a, a computer program that could simulate the, and forecast weather conditions. So one day he was in a hurry and he decided to take a shortcut. And so instead of entering the decimal point five zero six one two seven, he rounded it to the nearest thousandth, point five zero six. And Lawrence figured rounding to the nearest thousands would be inconsequential. We're talking the equivalent of the puff of wind generated by the beat of a butterfly wing. Like just such a small inconsequential thing. But after the data came back, he discovered that even that little change, the difference between 0.506 and 0.506127, it altered wind currents sufficiently to eventually change weather conditions thousands of miles away. That, that is now scientifically referred to as the butterfly effect. In James, in James Gleick's book called Chaos, he defines the butterfly effect in this way. He says, tiny differences in input can quickly become overwhelming differences in output. It's true in science, and it's true in your life. It's true in your life. Small but significant changes can become magnified over time. Every choice has an impact, and even more so, every choice that makes an impact between living more under the favor of God versus the frustration of God. They have massive long-term impact. Family, I need God. I need God. I need His help. I need His favor. I, I don't just need, I want, I want God's help in my life. I want his favor in my life. But without God's help, without God's favor, it's just me. And, and I'm not going to go very far. And we're not going to go very far. And, and even worse, if God starts frust, frustrating me and doing a frustrating work, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. If you want to make the most of your year, You've got to start with those big God rocks. You've got to devote yourself to prayer and being watchful and thankful, honoring God with your time. Uh, as you serve, honoring with your first and best in your offerings, reading and praying through the Bible, caring for the people that God has in your life. Basically, these very simple things which are at the heart of our membership commitment. We have five, uh, six membership commitments. The first one is love God, but the other ones pertain to caring for people, loving people, and, and, and giving, and reading, and praying. And um, yeah, all, they're, they're, This is right at the heart of our membership commitment. Again, a reminder, we've got a really big deal members meeting on Tuesday this week. Please be there. Become a member. Renew your membership. Okay, if you've had a rough year, if you've had a rough year and things haven't turned out as you've hoped, I am not promising, I'm not promising that if you do these things, it's going to be a better year. I'm not promising that at all. Storms happen. They happen to people who are living under the favor of God, the blessing of God, who have the right things right. Storms happen. They just happen to the godly and to the ungodly. I'm not promising, I'm definitely not promising, but I am pointing the ancient way. I am pointing the ancient good way, the ancient multi-millennia good way. Build your life upon the rock. The rock is living with the priorities of Jesus first, 
as you begin this next year, make the changes. Do some things more with those big rock pieces and giving and prayer and Bible time serving, caring for people and watch how much God is going to be able to do with less time, with less money. Small changes that bring more favor and less frustration from God can exponentially change your year ahead. It's not a promise, but it's ancient, ancient proven wisdom. I've experienced this truth in every one of these ways, in every one of these big God rocks. I've prioritized these things, giving and Bible and prayer and caring and serving, and I have seen the favor of God do far more than I ever imagined in my life. I believe that this is a year for seeking traction, for gaining momentum, for, for getting unstuck, for, getting, for moving out of spinning the wheels of life and, and gaining traction by taking steps forward. A year to see an increase in God's favor. And, and this is an invitation to you to go for it this year. So part of going forward is we've got some challenges to help kind of take some of these steps forward. I, I hope that you already have some ideas as you've assessed these big God rocks and how you're doing. If you need to, challenge number one, spend some time asking God to forgive you for not prioritizing these big things and then seek God's favor as you make your changes. God, I, I, I've been putting your things third. I've not cut them, but maybe I've not put them first. Maybe you just need to spend some time just getting back right with God. Number two, get your giving right. At least 10%. It's the most smallest amount we see in all the Bible. Plan specific prayer times in your week, 15 minutes or more this week. Try, try four 15-minute prayer times. Give him that. That's one hour spread out over four times. And see, and see. And fourthly, is God nudging you to serve more in the church, like in prayer ministry and hospitality or whatever? I encourage you to act on that. What is God calling for you to take your next steps? And, and even if you feel like you don't have the time or the ability or whatever, it's like just trust that what you give to God, that, he is, that his favor is going to more than compensate. Mm -hmm.